This podcast is sponsored by OMI, the company that makes CRM work. Today, we're speaking with Colin Tuber, Director of Customer Solutions at AirSlate and SignNow. Sure, I'm Colin Tubner, and the Director of Customer Solutions for AirSlate, and that's the team that helps uh, our customers get up and running with the product after they sign on and also helps them evaluate it before they sign on. I started at AirSlate about a year and a half ago. Uh, my experience is in the BPM and workflow software industry. For a number of years, I've been a product manager and also a sales engineer in that part of the software industry. So Colin, AirSlate has been around for, I want to say around 11 years now under a different name. Then there was a rebrand in 2019. You came from within the industry, but you must have seen something with this company that made you think, okay, there's uh, there's something going on here. Talk to me about the state of the market, like just the landscape here. What 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 is it that excites you about this product right now? So one of the things that I always noticed when I was at other BPM and workflow software companies Customers constantly had to integrate e-signature, among another a number of other things that they have to integrate, but e-signature was one of them, and it was expensive and painful. And e-signature, it spans corporate boundaries. So people are having some elaborate process internally, and then they need to send some documents out to get signed. And so I realized that that was a gap, and AirSlate was combining workflow and process management with e-signature capabilities, and that seems like a really winning combination. So I think that's what interested me initially. When you say expand corporate boundaries, when you say that, and you give that example, I think, okay, so within an organization, people trust each other, they know who each other are. Are you describing a process by which you can sort of extend that that boundary of trust, I guess, to other organizations where it might not have existed before? Or like, how, how would you describe that if, if that's not the right way to think about it? I would say you've got the boundary of trust inside a company. That's exactly right. And so approving decisions, workflows inside organizations, those can happen within an enterprise application. Or I can just send somebody an email. You know, I can click a button to approve somebody's expense report. I don't need to sign anything because of that trust that you mentioned. When you talk about spanning company boundaries, and let's use an example where they don't typically use e-signature. When a retailer, a big retailer, is ordering products from big manufacturers, they use something called EDI, which is Electronic Data Interchange. So it automatically places orders when the stock is reaching a certain level. Like car manufacturers do that with their suppliers too. EDI is really common, but to support that, you have to put a bunch of legal agreements in place beforehand and sign them because there isn't that level of trust. The supplier can't necessarily trust that just because the manufacturer sent some data over a wire, they're also going to pay their invoice. And that's why you need paper contracts to support that digital process. So you can do that, right? You can have a system and you can have paper contracts that support it, or you can have e-signature where you are just signing the contracts involved that you need whenever there's not a trust relationship. So you sign those electronically as part of the flow. So we're not going to crush EDI, right? I mean, when people have these giant enterprise systems that need to be integrated, they're probably still going to do it that way. But the vast majority of decisions and approvals that are happening across company boundaries are much smaller. So being able to just get an e-signature as part of the flow, um, a lot of times they're they're one-time things too. You know, you're signing for a loan, you're uh, approving the release of your medical records at your doctor's office. You don't need a long paper contracting process. You just need to get the signature on a boilerplate document and move on. So when I think about 
the landscape where you guys are operating, you know, there are some long-term trends that have been pushing us in this direction for, for years, like, you know, over a decade, if not more. And, and then it seems to me that in the last year, you know, with everything that's going on with remote work, I, I imagine those trends have accelerated. Could you talk about some of the wider stuff going on that sort of makes this the right moment for a company like this? You're absolutely right. Uh, certainly in the last year, uh, our business started growing more quickly. Everybody pretty much already knew about e-signature. It's been around for a while, and most of them kind of knew that they needed it. A lot of small businesses have been, oh, yeah, I should get that e-signature thing, but hadn't gotten around to it. And the pandemic forced them to get around to it very quickly. So we obviously saw a big spike in interest right at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, But that's interest that sticks around because once you've automated processes, you're not going to go back to the manual way of doing them. In fact, we find that people have 10 other things that they could automate once they have the software in their hands as well. Well, let's, let's talk about those things. Um, you mentioned how the software can complement EDI. W- what are some ways that customers are using it? First off, before I kind of list the use cases, I want to say that really every industry and every company has at least some use cases for this kind of software, certainly for just automating processes in general, and also for e-signature specifically, or the kind of document generation that we do. But I think there's certain industries that have adopted our way of automating processes more quickly than others, partly because of the organizational boundaries that we talked about before. And it's also partly because they may already have kind of a a paper-oriented mindset, and we allow people to keep the concept of paper as they move those documents around and sign them during a workflow. So some of the main industries, I I alluded to one already, which is healthcare, uh, with the example of releasing your medical records new patient paperwork and onboarding. There's a ton of processes. And also healthcare as a whole has some very large players, but there's a lot of very small businesses in the healthcare industry, your doctor's office, your dentist's office. A lot of times those are businesses with you know fewer than 20 employees. And so they hadn't previously had some big IT department that was going around automating stuff. And again, with the pandemic, they needed to quickly get rid of those clipboards with paper that they hand off to people face-to-face and start getting documents filled out electronically. Uh, Another one's education. And so we have some big universities that are using AirSlate to manage their, a lot of their processes that go to the students and also some of the processes that go to faculty, particularly contract faculty. So again, things crossing organizational boundaries, you know, students are part of the university, but they don't have accounts on university enterprise systems. So, and, and also I think it's it's just almost traditional for students to be signing documents that they send into the university. So e-signature is a great fit with students. Um, and then we also have, in fact, two different universities who are generating contracts for adjunct faculty, which is a process that you know, part of the reason that really needs to be automated is because they have to do 30 or 50 or 100 of them all at once each semester. It's not something that's spread out over time because of their semester working. So automation is a huge win there. We can generate the contracts and route them for e-signature all in the same workflow. The third industry that I'll mention is construction. And I think this is a neat one. So again, huge inter-organizational workflows. Construction companies dealing with a homeowner, a building owner, multiple different suppliers, and probably like an architect or an engineer, and the permitting authority, the authority having jurisdiction wherever they are. And so we have um, some construction companies, multiple different ones in different areas of residential construction that are 
interacting with all of those different constituencies using documents. So if you imagine going out to somebody's house and getting the measurements for their roof and clicking a button and generating a quote for the homeowner, a materials order for the roofing supplier, and permit applications for whatever city you happen to be in at the time where that house is. So again, generating a lot of paperwork. If you're interacting with the government, you're not allowed to say, hey, we don't want to fill out that form, just take this data. Uh, You still have to send them the form. And so those people are, if they want to automate, they're forced to use a method that lets them keep that form in place and fill it out automatically. That's interesting. So can we we dial in maybe to one of these organizations use use them as an example. I'll suggest the adjunct professor contracting setup. You know, we're talking about, you know, from the client side, from the vendor side, from the partner side. You know, just take me through like how does this work and how does it help? How does it help people save time, save money? Yeah. So I mean, I, I think it's interesting, and the adjunct professor one is a great example. I already kind of alluded to the fact that you know because they have to do so many of these in such a short amount of time, it's really painful for the people who are participating in the manual version of that process. So you've got staff preparing a bunch of contracts and you've got a person of authority at the university who has to sign them and then send them off to the adjunct professors or the contract instructors. You know, a lot of times in software, we have to do big ROI studies and try to prove out the benefits. But I would say you know, with this kind of automation plus e-signature project, most of the time the benefits are pretty obvious to the people who are experiencing that painful manual process today. They have serious issues. There's things falling between the cracks. And and then sometimes it's not just about time savings or sort of stress savings at that crunch time. It can also be error rates or compliance concerns. If you accidentally send one adjunct uh, contract with a much larger salary than you meant to offer them, you may get stuck paying them that larger salary. So those kinds of errors can be very costly. And then likewise, I mean, with compliance concerns, you're more worried about, like if you're a small doctor's office and you're worried about HIPAA violations, you're worried about huge fines or even getting sent to jail. And in the case of those small doctor's offices, we, we do offer HIPAA compliant processes. And so you can use AirSlate in a HIPAA compliant manner to manage that patient data that's coming in. And that's a big peace of mind for people as well. That's interesting. And, and, and I imagine maybe you don't want, you know, the, the attorney, you know, writing out 50 different contracts, um, they can do it once and then, and then somebody else can, can put in information that, that then feeds out into those 50 different contracts. You're right. And anytime you can save attorney time is uh, usually a pretty big dollar savings as well. The attorney can just kind of manage a template of the contract and we can fill in the data for all the different times that gets sent out. We also have a contract negotiation capability. So you can use that contract as a starting point and the counterparty can make suggested changes and you can go back and forth and review it. And then again, as with our other use cases, once you're done with that, it's just immediately sent for e-signature. So even for a little bit more flexible processes that aren't so automated, you can you can handle them. Seems like you guys, as a company, have really leaned into that because you know you you added sign now, then you you know this library of of legal templates, tens of thousands. It seems like you know, so it sounds like that use case is pretty popular among your your clientele. Yeah, that's right. Well, with US Legal, which is a, our another one of our portfolio companies that offers, as you said, tens of thousands of legal templates. Maybe you don't need the attorney in the first place, and that's an even bigger money <laughs> savings. But um, you know, a lot of people, of course, still work with them. But but U.S. Legal is a big time saver and a starting point for contracting. And then you know, you might review or tweak those templates and then put them into automation. 
totally. So let's say you are speaking to somebody who is working to bring their company out of the paper age and implement the solutions you guys offer. What are some things they need to sort of think through before they they implement that change? Like what what are they what what do you what do you hear from people and and need to sort of get them thinking about before this happens? So I think the biggest thing is just figuring out the scope of the first project that you do with Airslate. Sometimes people are thinking of it very narrow-minded. They're thinking just about e-signature and they're missing some opportunities for automation, looking at where is the data or the information on this document coming from or the document itself. Is it in one of your systems? You don't need somebody to drag and drop and upload it into our tool. And then on the back end, likewise, is there some place where you need this data to go? Even if it's just put it line by line into a spreadsheet that gives you the ability to do reporting on it later on and that kind of thing. Or if you upgrade one of your enterprise systems or change them, then you can upload that spreadsheet into the new database and uh, have a good head start on, on having your data. So that's on the small side. Sometimes people also think too big. They're trying to imagine completely automating some entire piece of their business. And you can do that over time, but you need to bite it off into small chunks. Primarily so that, you know, you can just after a month or two, start seeing some value from the automation and then go from there. You know, the great thing about software and any kind of software is it's easy to change. And so you know, that's that's why people do agile development. And it's better to just even throw away some work you did as long as it's in the in pursuit of having a better automation. And so um, we encourage people to you know bite off a reasonable chunk at the beginning and then plan on expanding it as they go. Got it. Got it. So Airslate started 2009, as I mentioned, as a PDF editor. And so clearly in the last 11 years, like some really serious um, additions to that, those capabilities, it's now like you, you wouldn't recognize the, that, 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 first, that first iteration, I would imagine. But talk to me about the, the scope of this and where you see it going in the next, say, five to 10 years. What are, what are the next stages for, for Airslate and SignNow? So one thing is just kind of expanding what we have. You know, Airslate's already got a huge library of bots. One of the things that we want to do is make it so that you don't need a separate software package to go do integration. So we're trying to have bots for the systems our customers are using. So a big part of our work is always just the steady expansion of that library of bots. Another thing I just alluded to previously is the idea of change. Of course, it's easy to change software now, but there's some more features we can add to Airslate that'll make it even easier for our flow creators to handle change as it comes, um, to be able to evolve a process and change how it works as you go. And then the last one, you know, of course, everybody's talking about AI capabilities, and there's a number of services that are relevant to documents, some of which are already available out in the market, you know, OCR or intelligently recognizing the contents of a document, even if that document is an image instead of text, detecting what type of document something is, and then applying a setup we've used on a previous document that's similar, even if the new document is not quite the same, AI can detect the fact that it's of the same type or matching the same template with slightly different content and apply that setup. Certainly, translation is a big one, and we all have seen Google Translate and other online translators. So being able to tie those kinds of services into document automation can be very powerful. And also, uh, the analysis of the meaning of the documents and also the structure of the documents can let you further automate things. One, One thing that comes into, which we haven't really been doing as much but could get into, is 
somebody sends you an email, are they are they happy or are they angry with you? And you might want that to go to a different person or follow a different process uh, depending on their attitude. So those are just some of the things off the top of my head. You've been relatively modest in terms of uh, telling us who you work with and, and things like that. I want to give you an opportunity to sort of talk about some of the, the partnerships that you guys have or, or just to give people a sense of the breadth of companies that are using your product. And I'll, I'll mention OMI, of course, having a partnership with you guys. And you know that's, that's why we're talking today. But could you possibly take me through some of those? Yeah. So OMI is great. And I, I think that's uh, a good one to talk about. Part of our goal, or, or I think what we kind of want to see for our customers is for them to feel comfortable using the AirSight software themselves. However, you know, frankly, there's a lot of them that don't for various reasons. It might be that they just feel like they're not technical and don't want to learn. Uh, it might also be that they just feel they don't have time. So maybe they understand AirSight just fine, but they're saying, yeah, this, this tool is great and please build this for me. And so that's where OMI comes in as a, they offer a service to come in and set up and configure your automation flows inside of AirSlate without you having to invest a ton of time. And that's both as a project service, which is great for getting people up and running, as well as an ongoing uh, managed service where they, you have a certain number of hours from them each month for them to come help evolve your flows like we were talking about with change. So that's really an important partnership. Across the partnership spectrum, we also have a number of tech partnerships with companies like Salesforce, where we're in their app store and a lot of Salesforce users are pushing Salesforce data into AirSlate to get documents generated and signed. So there's a lot of those. And then we also have some you know, software vendors that are building capabilities around AirSlate. There's one product called New Law, which is a law firm practice management software. And that it's not totally built on AirSlate, but it uses AirSlate, again, for document generation and e-signature capabilities. So that's just a couple of examples, but yeah, there's a broad spectrum of partners filling different needs. Excellent. And I just want to mention as well that uh, to learn more, people can go to signnow.com or, or airslate.com or both. <laughs> um, and Colin, I really appreciate your time today. Any closing thoughts for us? Yeah, I guess. So one closing thought is all of these workflow automation tools they're all about creating custom software. So people have various packaged software that works fine, whether that's Gmail or Microsoft Word or Salesforce. And you know, they're finding some shortcoming in that. That's why they look for an automation tool that does exactly what they need. It's custom software. Now, up until recently, you had to write custom software by paying developers to write code that was pretty rigid. And if you didn't have those developers within your own company, you know, then it was really expensive to go hire them every time a change needed to be made. So every software like Airslate, you know, there's there's tons of other workflow tools out there. They all make kind of the same trade-off, which is that you narrow the universe of what you can build with it compared to custom code. And in exchange, you get uh, a much faster build and a build that can be done by less technical people. Uh, so those two things are the things to look at when you're evaluating this kind of software. What can I build with this software? What, how has the universe of what you can build been shrunk compared to custom code and who is going to be doing the building um, some tools that are, call themselves workflow or low code they're still for developers they're just like developer productivity tools airslate's meant for the business analyst somebody who's good with spreadsheets but not a coder um, and so you know i think we really hit a sweet spot of being able to do a lot of very powerful processes with document automation and also having you know, a relatively non-technical skill set that can be used to go build these things. And so that's, that's really our sweet spot. 